Welcome to Fresh from the Esky. Subtitled Ordinary Lives, Ordinary People. Accompanied by Ordinary Production, Ordinary Editing. Sit back, grab a beer, relax and enjoy. Radio listeners, followers, uh, we're here with episode four, and for the first time, we've taken fresh from the es- fresh from the esky on the road. Well, we've travelled two hundred metres anyway, um, so we're not in our bar at home, and we are at a different location. We're out the back. We've still got the um, atmosphere of the cicadas and a lovely breeze here at the moment, and we're at the home of a um, person we're going to interview tonight. Now. In 1990, two major things happened at the um, then Wandle Football Club. A mercurial footballer turned up, that was me. It was a miracle I got a game. (laughs) But another person turned up, Gray Moore. I think he turned up um, in 89, but this was his first season involved in the football. Now this man was well past his his prime as a footballer. But he um, left an indelible mark at the football club, along with his wife, Heather. Um, a man that, at the end of it, I think there's a grandstand named after him and his wife. The A-grade best and fairest is named after himself. Um, he's a life member of the football club. He's also a life member of the league. Now, Graham had a heavy involvement in all these things, so we've got him along tonight. We're going to have a chat to him about those things, but also I think the Greymore story started much before that. Anyway, first of all, I've got Ben with me again. You're enjoying the road trip, Benny? Yeah, it was a um, quick drive here, so I don't mind yeah. too much. You drove as well, so yeah. me and Graham will probably have a couple more of these beers than you, maybe. Yeah, that's right. I've got to drive <laughs> the 200 metres home. <laughs> yes. And welcome, Greymore. Thank you very much, Leeds. Ben, good to have you around. This is unusual for an old 80-year-old. You've got to remember the age limit here. Yes, well, Ben did question that. He said, has Graham still got all his faculties? I said, yes, no, he's yes, pretty good, but that's why we probably should get in this year yeah, rather, yeah, rather than leave, rather than leave it, yeah. it go. You, know, I, I, you were penciled in at episode 1007, but we brought you forward just in case anyway. But no, um, it is great to have you along, Graham. Um, like I say, we will get into the Wandle Glenmore things, but I think... Things started a lot earlier than that, as you say. You're 80 years old now, and well, entering your ninth decade on you're this right, earth. So, right. I always remember you were born in 1942 because that was the security number at the footy club. Had to, <laughs> That's had right, to, it was too. Yeah, had to push that a few times when we sat down there with yeah. hockey sticks and that guard in the place on grand final night. From well, especially the, when we used to go in when we get the late night. A right, a phone calls from the security yeah. saying someone's broken in we had to go up there wondering what we're going to sort of find sometimes yes yes it was um that was a thing that went on a fair bit actually i still feel like i remember you dad having to go down there one grand final or you just got a call or something you went down there and picked up a baseball bat from the garage and then left i think that was just a normal night no the grand <laughs> final <laughs> nights we actually stayed down there because we were having a few we dramas slept, yeah. we slept in the cars actually Randall, <laughs> because we had so much trouble with vandals because we had tents and that already put up for the game on you know, the following oh, day yeah. and what happened was the uh, the kids used to find that quite uh, a good episode of a night time to come in and put, either put cuts in them 
or pull them down or make a hell of a mess. And then before you could get going the following day, instead of being all set up, ready to go straight in, you had to go and set everything back up again. So yeah. it was a bit of a pain. pain Did you ever time. catch anyone in the act? No. The closest yeah. we got, I remember one night I went down and we, oh, we were at a meeting, actually, a, um, um, a club, club meeting, meeting just round oh, in the local area. I forget whose house it was, but we got a call from security to say someone was at the... And we got up there. We went up there in mass. That would have been Henry Thomas's, maybe. He was very close to there, right. remember? Yeah. And I think what happened was we were lucky enough we got there before they actually got in or did any damage. And we actually chased them down to the, the creek, which was down the back of the footy club. And uh, that was about as close as we ever got, I reckon. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think we got too close to, much closer than that, was it? No, Glenn, we were probably remember? too old and too slow by then. <laughs> well, I think yeah, we were. Well, yeah. I would have been anyway. No, no, they, they were much quicker than us. We had cars yeah. in all the streets and they were all patrolling trying to find the kids. But it was mainly just young kids and, you know, pinching grog and cigarettes and things yeah. like that. Yes. Um, as I say, that was 1990 you arrived here, but obviously the Grey Moore story began, uh, well, born in 1942 in suburbia Melbourne? Yeah, in Melbourne. Uh, suburb, or Ormond was the suburb that I grew up in, and uh, we lived there, well, we lived there in, until Heather and I got married and we moved out to Glen Waverley, but the um, mum and dad had settled in, in Ormond. And of course, our local footy club, which I'll get to football, because that was a lot of my, when you are in Victoria, of course, that was a lot of your early life. You used to play in the street of a night time, you know, after school, and always kick to kick across the road. Yep. It was good fun. You were saying your dad came from Scotland when he yeah, was five? Yeah, dad was, uh, when he was six months old, he came out with his parents, so they decided that it was better to Were they sort of part of that relocation, you know, they used to call them 10-pound Yeah, ponds the 10-pound situation where they get on the boat and uh, give them 10 pound passage and uh, yeah they came out when dad was six months old but mum was a, a Melbourneite she yep. was Melbourne bred, born and bred but they were all out Collingwood Carlton area the other side of the uh, of the other side of the Yarra and that's the difference in Melbourne of course you have the north of the Yarra and the south of the, the Yarra. The northerners and the southerners. We were the southerners that's <laughs> right yeah. Uh, actually look already it's sounding interesting Graeme but oh, what we do have to do is um, we've brought along a beer for you okay. um, to try. Now, we do a bit of a review on a beer. Ben and I have already done a review on the um, Bear Beer Lager. The so, Bear Beer Lager? Yeah. Um, ben seems to think it tastes a lot like the beers he has at Oktoberfest when he goes to Emu Park. Right. Which is probably because it's a German beer. Yeah. yeah. So I'll open <laughs> one of them for you, see what you think of them. Um, ben and I, as soon as we've already tried that, we're going to go a bit traditional with what I think is still one of the biggest selling beers in Australia with a um, 4X Gold, yeah. tried and true. But Dad's already forgotten that we review a different beer each episode. Oh, is that really, what it is? Yeah, it didn't really stock up. I think I might have to be, <laughs> Dad will give me the money, I might go and get the beers instead from now on, I think. Uh, just well, on that, is there any sponsors out there that want to sponsor us a slab of beer, like Dan Murphy, BWS or someone? We're very open to that concept, aren't we, Ben? Oh, open to it, yeah. Especially if they could mix in, like, just two of each beer. Yeah. Well, mixed packs, yeah. 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 But no, um, do, what do we have? We've got an Instagram account, Ben's setting up. Yeah, is that Instagram where they account. Contact us or... Yeah, contact us on the Instagram account, um, Fresh from the Esky. Fresh from the esky. Fresh from the esky. Yeah. What what does that taste? Fresh from the six yeah, pack. Yeah, it's a little bit uh, malty for me. I, I, you know, I'm usually, I must admit, I'm a 
Great Northern sort of beer drinker since I've been up here in Queensland. I don't drink Forex so much, but Great Northern, and it's got to be original, not the Super Crisp. Oh, on the so he- heavies only for heavy stuff. Yeah. 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 No, so no. it means I only need to have about three beers, and that's enough for me. Then I'll it is good it away. Beer. Oh, that. Yeah, I'm not that you Graham. Definitely the uh, Northern Originals. I find are, they're probably my go-to one. They're much better yeah. than the, the the Super Crisp. Just doesn't have a, t- a taste for me. I just don't find mm. it at all. But I don't mind either. All right. but, but I reckon that Great Northern. Than is good beer, but it's you would have been beer. drinking that that long. It's only been a final the last four or five years, I think, hasn't it? Well, yeah, but I've never been a big beer drinker. See, I'm not I'm not a great beer drinker. Um, More a oh, nice wine. Well, I used to be a red wine man, but I'm afraid that got a little bit too much because I found that that got to me a little bit too quick. What I did always enjoy in Melbourne was a good port. The yeah. end of the night, have a few drinks and sit down with group of people and go through three or four bottles of port while we're sitting at the table so it was always a good day. I think I'm, I'm scarred from port. I mean, You're scarred? Yeah, I think the only person more scarred from port than I would be would be Jacob Redsell. <laughs> yeah. No, port is an acquired... Well, it's yeah, it's not something you should mess around with really, I don't think. It's well, not something to have the end of a big night, that's for sure. If you, well, if you're talking about a drinking night, I went out with a friend of mine from Melbourne when I was... Oh, Gee, I must have been 20 or so, and we went out drinking with Juventus uh, soccer players. The, Tony, my mate, knew them all, and we were, we were, we were drinking ouzo all night. Yes. I've never decorated a toilet as much that night. When I got home, I just was terrible. Mm. It this was the, the Juventus... Um, Juventus soccer club Jeez. in Melbourne. Mm. We went out... not to them but we just went to a pub and the, the Juventus boys were there and Tony as I said my mate was he uh, he knew the boys so they got us onto this ouzo oh it's the, the one that smells couple, like aniseed aniseed yeah the first couple yeah. is just like aniseed yeah after that you don't taste the thing because yeah. your mouth is numb and um, as I said I was numb by the time I got up I had I think it was about two o'clock in the morning and I was staying at a mate's place and uh, Heather was there, they were, the girls had got together, and yeah, I had to get Heather up to take me to the toilet so I could get to the basin. I was terrible. And she would have done that quite a oh, yeah. fuss, I can you imagine. You know what she would about was cleaning up the mess. That was the worst part. Because <laughs> there was no way I could do it. What do you think of the 4X Gold, Ben, by the way? Oh, yeah, pretty good. I think it's a very good beer. Like, it's, it's a good standard beer, actually. I think it's, you know, that, um, nice drinking beer. Like I say, I'm all for those um, Northerns. Northerns. I reckon they're good yeah, beers. Yeah, no, they're good beers. So those stone. How long have you had these for? You reckon? <laughs> oh, one of your mates. What are they? A bit mouldy. <laughs> well, I've just re- looked at the um, best before date. It says the 31st of the 12th, 2020. Yeah, beer doesn't actually run out. <laughs> yeah. Really? As long as we keep the top. One of your mates brought them around. <laughs> yeah, beer does. That's there's no use by. No. Um, anyway, we're, we're getting off track a bit. We better be That's back right. to um, Grey Moor. about our beer. <laughs> yep. So yeah, 1942, as you say, um, a lot of time spent out in the streets playing football, because I was thinking today, you would be born in the 40s, I reckon that would be the last decade of, you'd be the last decade of children that probably had a, your whole childhood never had a TV in the house, would that be right? That's exactly right. Like, I mean, there'd even be others after, of course, of um, their... um, you know, economical, uh, economical circumstances, yeah. but like telly arrived in fifth, 
58, I think. Yeah, I think it was something around about yeah. that. I, and I must admit, I must, even though, to be quite honest, we never had a lot of money, you know, we were just an average average family, and uh, uh, Dad had an old 1928 Chev that we used to drive around in. I don't know whether you, you know, yep. it's an old, old car with yeah. a big uh, mud guards yes. and the skinny wheels and the yeah. canvas roof that, yeah. and you take out the side windows if you want a bit of fresh air you just took the whole window out and just worth put about half a seat. million now but <laughs> anyway yeah. oh, no it's not <laughs> scrap loop somewhere yeah. I'm sure but yeah now that was good fun because we, when we were young uh, one thing that mum and dad always did with us we uh, we went on trips and we had relatives in Queensland here actually up in Brisbane so the old uh, 28 uh, Chevy we drove up and near, near enough got blown off the road by the trucks as they go past you because the car had no stability, it was a real old car, but I learned to drive on that car yeah. so I can't complain yeah. about that So yeah, even though you were, like you say middle class, like oh, mum we, and dad obviously made an effort to we, we, Yeah, we, we, we had a, well we had a good you know, family life as far as the kids were concerned, and, you know, when you say we, how many siblings? Only my sister, myself and my sister, yeah, yep. and um, she's still down in Melbourne, which I, you know, like to get to, but she's three, year, three years younger than me, so that's, uh, but it's a good gap, because we see fairly well eye to eye now, not like it used to be when we were young, we used yep. to fight like cat and dog, but yeah. no, no, she, she's good, I really get along, and her and her husband, and uh, um, you know they got a big business and that down in Melbourne, so we have a fair bit to do with it. Yep. Yeah, he's a car sales. Yeah, Barry yep. Burke. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So now, as I like been a growing up in the um, 60s, 70s, down there, like even then it was football in the winter and cricket in the summer. Now That's I can right. only imagine that would be exactly what it was like in the 40s. Well, basically, growing up, you go to school, you come home from school. Yep didn't have quite as much homework as what the kids do today, but uh, we used to, you know, just grab a footy and across, I had my cousins who lived across the road, and we used to have kick to kick just from from my nature strip across to his nature strip, and we just developed, and we both played for the local footy club, which was just an amateur club, uh, the Ormond Amateur Football Club. But, yeah, so, um, so I, that's where you started, even your started junior footy? Well, actually it wasn't, I, I actually started um, with the Glen Huntley Football Club, but that was because they wouldn't, at Ormond, they had an under-19 side and then the senior side. That was all you no basically junior. had in those yep. days. Um, but over at uh, Glen Huntley, they had a another junior, a lower junior grade, which played in, I think it was the Federal League, if I remember correctly. I'm not quite sure now. But we went over, a bloke asked me to go over there and play footy. I was 15 at the time, and I thought, oh, I didn't really know anyone, but anyhow, I went over. And that was, Heather lived in the street just beside us, uh, beside the park. So that's where I sort of uh, grew up in that area. She uh, she used to come and watch me uh, play, but she never took much notice, couldn't care less about football. But anyhow, the first thing that I noticed playing in that league was the fact that in the amateur league, if you received a dollar or a dollar, a quid in those days, you wouldn't be able to play amateur football because it was just dead set there was no, no sort of was once you get paid, yeah. it was you were either amateur or a professional, and that was all there was to it. But in this federal <laughs> league, the first game I played, a bloke walked up to me and he said, Oh, there you are, son. And he put a five pound note in my hand. After the game? After the so game. So you must have played quite well. Yeah, he said, That's for best on the ground for the day. I had a five pound note, and I thought to myself, 
I can't take this because I won't be able to play for Ormond now because I'm a paid footballer. <laughs> I never told anyone that, of course. Really? So you already had your heart set on playing oh, for Ormond? Well, that was, was what local. the locals did, yeah? Everyone in the street, there was, uh, I lived in a Bethel Street, and there was, there was probably 10 or 12 boys, you know, or families in the street that all had boys. And, and as they grew up, we all used to play footy with the Ormond Amateur Football Club. Yeah. Now, Ormond, just to give you a background, in the amateurs in those days, they used to have A, B, C, D, yes. and E, and F, I think. I, I forget now. But as a new club, you used to come in at the lower level. Yes, and Ormond were very proud of the fact that they got to the top level in five years. That's I think exactly I right. Yeah, Dave McNamara. Where did you hear that? Oh, I know things, Wayne. Oh, <laughs> Good God. But yeah, that, but that, and yeah. the thing was when I went to play for them or when I finally went to play for them when I got to the juniors there was also a division between the juniors and the seniors which meant that you had a separate committee looking after the juniors and a separate committee looking after the seniors so what happened was that if you were any good in juniors you couldn't play up until you got through the 19s I wouldn't play a you know an yeah. 18 year old in the seniors you had to wait until you finished the years and then once that happened if they wanted you to stay, they'd ask you to sign up for the seniors. But if they didn't want you, it didn't matter whether you'd played with them or not. So, so invitation only. Invitation only. It yeah. was. It was. But everyone in the street, all the boys in the street, we all wanted to play. Just play for the local footy club. Yeah. And it was the only club at that stage that had never gone down. What happened in in uh, they had a relegation system. Yes. And what happened, the top two teams in, say, C section would move up to B section. The two bottom sides in B at the end of the year would go down to C. So they had that re relegation system. And uh, it worked really well. But Ormond, I must say, were the only club that never um, never actually went backwards um, until the last year I was with them. And we yeah, went I, back after that. Yeah, I've got to say, 62 or something, they... Yeah. You know and, what and that's what they, they were 22 years and they they reckon they would have there was um incorrect incorrect player named on a sheet a or something no what happened and i think the player concerned was graham watson who played for melbourne beetle and he was watson. also the opening batsman for uh, victoria yeah that's beetle watson isn't it graham beetle watson i'm pretty sure it is oh, yeah I'm anyway yeah. yeah anyhow yeah but what i was playing for us, and we were being well, we were being televised that day on the ABC, and someone from another club saw what I was playing, and we got disqualified because he'd been signed up and paid money for uh, for uh, I think it was Mel or Melbourne he went to yeah that's right oh, because right. all our players we were, we were yep. bound to Melbourne Football Club yep and so we had the Laurie Mithens and the Kevin Mithens and the Brian Walsh who went to St Kilda yes. uh, we had a heck of a lot of you know players that got to. Um, AFL, yep, uh, or VFL at those stages, which was really good. But so, anyhow, we got disqualified then, lost all that. We'd won, I think, seven seven games. We went through. We were playing, I think, about nineteen or twenty for the season. We never never won another game for the season, and that was, a, you know, a real down for us. So we, yeah, no difference. One player, but yep. it was enough to make all the difference. So, um, without, we've jumped ahead a little there. Let's go back just a little. So, <laughs> first of all, the five pound, do you know what you spent it on? Um, probably taking my wife or future wife out somewhere, yeah. I would think, at those I didn't, days. I didn't Which, realise that um, that was that you were with Heather from Victoria. 
Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I didn't realise that. That's what was my next question. So, you were 15 then. So, when did the love affair of your life oh, begin? Well, what happened? <laughs> you know, I don't know whether I should, but what happened was that... No, every, Heather can't hear us. No, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. We so used to listen to the podcast at any point that day. Yeah. <laughs> we both, we both we'll used to travel or worked in Melbourne. I worked at the RAC V uh, in Melbourne and Heather worked at Myers. Yes. And what ha- used to happen, I used to get on the train at Ormond and, of course, in those days, a train was packed. You know, you'd be standing, you'd hold on to the hangers. You would never get a seat by the time the train got from Frankston up to Ormond. There was only sort of standing room. And Heather and Wendy, another friend of hers, and Pat, another girl, they all got on together and we all used to get in the one area. So from that, we got to know each other. You know, Jocelyn, Heather wouldn't hang on to anything, but she'd grab hold of me when she, you know, the train rocked around a corner or anything. The old red what rappers. age was that, sorry, though? Uh, 16, 17. But you'd known Heather before this because you said she used to... No, not or... really. I, I, I knew her... I, I saw her a couple of times... Knew Oliver. Yeah, I knew Oliver. Let's yeah. put it that way. That's probably easy. So but as I say, we happened to meet just going up on the train. So the train's rocking and rolling and Heather's rock and roll, grabbing onto rock you. And so she <laughs> is making the first play. She was she making initiated. the first play. Yeah, 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 I must admit, yeah. Yes. I was trying to do the right thing, just hang on and keep her steady. <laughs> so, Glenn Huntley, how many games did you play there? I only played the one season there because yep. I could go... And then you were good. The following season I was able to play with the under-19s. Mm-hmm. So that was when I was 15. And then in, when I was 16, they allowed me to play in the in the uh, under-19s at all. So you started... You would have played, what, three seasons in three the under-19s? Three seasons yep. uh, in under-19s. And then broke into the senior... You were involved? Were you involved? I was involved. You were? <laughs> yeah, 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 no, I was... Uh, oh, actually, I had a, a bit of an in there because Dad was on the committee of the uh, the senior body, so I, oh, I so couldn't he, very well get out. Yeah. So um, he kind of enjoyed footy and was... Yeah, he was a soccer player. Well, he liked his soccer before uh, footy, and it was only when I started playing he got involved, and uh, he was just the one that went around at the place cleaning the rooms after the game, cleaning up all the mess, the jumpers and you know, making sure everything was neat and tidy. Like father like so, son, yeah. Well yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably got a bit of that from him I would say. So but um he was uh, yeah, he, he took a, an interest in the footy, not an overly, you know, uh, boisterous type of interest. But uh, no we had uh, we had some good times here especially in the juniors and then went up to seniors. Yeah, and without you were quite good, from what I gather. Um, I you was got paid that five pounds. <laughs> yeah, well, that was that one game. <laughs> I got um, the only well, the only thing I've got a little bit of recognition from was that at Ormond was a it was a fairly good side, an yes, A strong side, an A grade yes. side. You know, had some really good like VFL players that went on to play VFL football, and it wasn't a, a, you know an easy side to get into. And when I went from uh, juniors to seniors, um, I, I inter mixed between reserves and A grade, yep. um, but I, I was fortunate enough the second year I think I played, I only played eight games that year and they were mainly with reserves because I was having bad knee troubles with my knees and I finished up winning the best and fairest for the reserve uh, grade. Well that's so not bad, like you say I was quite happy with, yep. with getting that and I never even went to presentation night because I didn't even think I had a, a chance. Yeah, probably but one of the better awards to win the reserve grade best and fairest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a few of them at the table yeah. there, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, it's good to hear, yeah. good to hear. Yeah, but um, 
You were Rover, is that right? I, well, I, I played wing actually, that was my, when I first went to the seniors, I played on the wing and um, because of the size, because I was up, you know, only five foot eight and pro you know, I, I weighed nothing, probably about 70, 75 kg, that would have been me. Yep. And um, we had a really good uh, centre man, a fellow by the name of Tony O'Connell and he played in the centre and um, he was a, a Victorian representative in uh, for, for amateur football for quite a few seasons so he took me under his wing a little bit and used to feed me a few uh, hand passes and pick you know give me the, the the places to kick to and who to look for when we were going down the field so yeah no I had a good time with that so footy ended at 26 years old is that correct 20, you retired 25 I think it was yeah, yeah. and I, the only reason I retired was the fact that I played a season after I moved to Glen Waverley. I played a season with Ormond uh, in the seniors, but it meant getting into Melbourne, coming home on the train. By the time you get off the train, you get to training. Most of the players who lived locally or were trades-type people and not working in Melbourne, they'd sort of done them half three-quarters of an hour of the training anyhow. So you were training sort of a half an hour with the main group, and then you'd sort of do it half three quarters of an hour by yourself just with the coach so there was three or four of us that that happened to because we, we worked in Melbourne but it was that was the main problem yeah just the, the time and, and that was why I just found it was so I just built a home out at Glen Waverley we just had a young family coming on and it was just I just didn't have the time to travel into Melbourne come home to Ormond to train then drive out to Glen Waverley which was sort of a good half an hour's drive in those days to get to so uh, I just decided, yeah, that was it. So that was around 1968? Uh, yeah. And we got when... married in 64. Yep. Would have been, well, it might have been, yeah, 67, 60, Yeah, 67 was probably last yeah. year. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so what were you working at at this stage then? I was a, pay, a paymaster at the RACV. I did all oh. the pays for all the... Uh, I went to RACV on the 16th birthday when I finished school and um, as I went into the pay office straight from sort of school and a fellow by the name of Jack Bowl, who was a terrific bloke, he took me under his wing, he was a, a real hard taskmaster, but um, took me under his wing, taught me all about the pay, you know, the payroll and how to do it, and it was all manual in those days, you didn't uh, have machinery like you have today. So it was all handwritten and so it took a, a good few days to sort of get everything put together and we were paying as well as the, um, uh, the, the the sort of admin staff and everything, we also had a club, the RACV club, of which we had to pay all the cooks and the waiters and the waitresses, and so we had a fairly you know fairly big staff, even though it was only a fairly small you know we probably had a hundred and oh, 130, 140 people, and then a few years later we moved over into one oh uh, well. In the other, oh, over Queen Street, we're at 94, 105 Queen Street, and of course then the the um, the payroll just jumped it, moved up to about 350, 400 people. So and we're still, you know, paying by hand. So you walk across uh, Queen Street with a bag full of money, wondering whether someone's going to jump out and try and because there was a lot of robberies around about that time because we were right next door to the um, the bookmakers where the bookmakers were robbed. Oh, the right, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, bookmaker, I think it was they called it. Anyhow, it was a club right, right yeah, next door. Yeah, the I remember, yeah, I think CV. I remember hearing this. So, so you left school at Form 
four it would have been yeah, those 16, days. when I was 16. So once again, yeah. you're the only university student here, Ben. <laughs> only, only grade 12. No, only on. grade 12 student, yeah. I also yeah. did my trick, by the way, when I was after hours. Oh, did you really? Yeah. So so quite a good student, Graeme. Obviously, no. maths was a... No, no. dumb bum. Oh, Absolute really? dumb bum. So does that mean you've got the lowest education here then, Dave? Yeah, yet again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just hated school and I wasn't very I was good at it. Either. I wasn't very good yeah. at it either. Yeah. The only thing I used to enjoy was sport. So, 64, you married Heather? Yep. Yep. And uh, as I said, we had a, we built a home out at Glen Waverley. Um, being a new home, it was uh, took a lot of a lot of time, you know, put, putting in gardens and, Put and just developing. In? Yeah, we did have a Black and white telly? <laughs> Black and white telly in there? Yeah. Well, uh, Yes, it was, because yeah, I remember a couple of years when first Colour Tully first came out, I was working down at Frankston in the car business and uh, someone said to me, oh, they've got Colour Tully coming out. And um, I said, oh, that sounds good. And I thought, oh, I'll give Heather a surprise. I'll go and buy one. I walked into the bloke and I said, I've got cash. Uh, Rank Arena, which was the be all to end all yeah. uh, Australian made I, I think, think it, well, yeah. I think it may like, yep. it doesn't matter but I walked in and I said I got the cash I'll give it to you now I want the TV delivered within two days not a problem so that'll be there we'll have it there for you three weeks later we finally got our tally so yeah. he played the salesman for broke the bloke did yeah so when did Graeme Orr make the change to a salesman himself um, I spent the RACQ, RACV, sorry, RACQ, RACV, I was, uh, I worked there for 13 and a half years, and then I went from there to, um, um, into the car business. I worked for 12 months up at Peter Robinson Motors, which were a Holden dealer. They didn't like me up there, so I got, they got rid of me. So I finished up down at Frankston and worked another 13, 14 years for, uh, no, sorry, 17 years for, uh, Stuart Webster Ford down in Frankston and looked after their Jaguars and Range Rovers. They had quite a lot of franchise. vehicles. Like. So, we, yeah, so we had a yeah, seven and a half years I had with Stuart. Yeah, and that's the last before you moved, made you the moved, move? Uh, moved up here. And that was only because um, <coughs> I had had the very uh, fine fortune of being selling a car to Kylie Minogue and Jason Donovan. Are we listening, are we getting this yeah. on tape? <laughs> it's a one big thing. I, I always remember she came in and they were, they were from neighbours, of course, and they'd come in and bought a, a Range Rover from us. And I was delivering the car and I had to go over and explain all the controls and everything for it. And um, terrific couple, they really were. But she was nothing like she is today, of course. She's a, you know, out and out star. Were you taller than Kylie Minogue? Or yeah, shorter? just slightly. <laughs> Not by much, no, but no. just slightly. Okay, so so maybe, that's, yeah, maybe that's the guest we involved. I think it is. We'll, I we'll leave it up to Graham. It's, it's yeah, done yeah, now, Millie, I think, yeah. <laughs> the what? Oh, at the end of the program, we'll invite her. Oh. This, this is about ordinary people, but we do, we can't discriminate. We do invite celebs on oh. <laughs> um, each week. We haven't heard back from Sylvester, have we? No, no one's got in contact. No, no one's got yet. back to us yet. But, um, big wind gusts coming through there. Hopefully they will. Um, but yeah, I think that's... I never knew that. You've kept that to yourself. Oh, well, I, mate, it was just one of those things. I've drives that never, you know... Stuart called me in one day and he said, I've got Kylie Minogue. Because Stuart, my boss at that stage, Stuart Webster, used to be sort of 
in the, the upper circle with those sort of people, you know, especially when we had Jaguar and Range Rover and those sorts of cars, you know, as a second, a second franchise. And uh, he called me in the office one day and he said, you better bruise yourself up. I said, why is that? And he said, uh, got a couple of celebs coming in today for you to, to, to show them the Range Rover and go over it with them. I said, oh yeah, who's that? He said, oh, I'll let them come in before we, uh, you know, before I tell you who they are. So I saw a couple walk up to his office, which were all glass, so you could see through them, but it was frosted. I could only just sort of see a little bit. And um, sure enough, he walked her down and said, oh, let me introduce you to Kylie Minogue and to Jason Donovan. I said, oh, terrific. All right, now to ensure you're not just name dropping, how did that then influence your decision to move to Queensland? Right, well, what happened was that um, after, well, 17 odd years, I'd worked with Stuart, and um, what had happened, we uh, we got to this, he was into land development in Patterson Lakes, where the, a lot of people probably wouldn't know it, but down there in near Frankston, there was a big area, it was a big uh, open area, paddocks and everything and the Patterson River used to run through it and Stuart was good friends with the gentleman who had the marina on, on Patterson Lakes and he, he again called me in the office and said Look, he said you're going to have to work harder you're going to have to make more money for me because I want to buy into the Patterson Lakes development um, you know to, to help develop it because it was big housing estate you know I don't know five six hundred houses and plus the big marina itself and we used to sell cars to the marina, they used to be one of our customers. And um, so anyhow, I came out and I thought, there's no way in the world I can make any more money for Stuart, you know, and he was talking big money. He said, we've got to double what we're making, you know, and I couldn't make any but more But you money. had to sell more cars to do <laughs> Oh, sell more cars, and as it was, you're working six days a week, so I had enough of that. So uh, I came home and just said to Heather, oh, I'm going to resign tomorrow. She looked me in the eye and she said, you're going to what? She didn't quite say it like that, but she said, you're what? I said, I'm going to resign. I've had enough. And uh, I went to Stuart and I just said, mate, I'm going to keep it. We've had a good relationship. We've had our ups and downs, but nothing major. We've kept good friends all the way through. And uh, I said, it's better seeing you want more money out of the business. I don't believe I can give it to you. So I said, I'll give you a month's notice. So I finished up. That was it. So we, a month later, we walked out the door and... Um, I said to Heather, we'll go up to Queensland to have a bit of a holiday and uh, a person who I'd worked with in Melbourne for 12 years at Stuart Webster's was David Clay who had bought Tropical Auto Group uh, with Dick Chippendale um, and he, excuse me, forever used to come down to Vic and say to me, what are you doing living in this you know, cold old hole, you should come and you know, come up to the good weather. Not that he was, you know, an outdoor type person. He was a lily white, like his skin. He didn't have any colour up or anything. Anyhow, we came up here and he wined and dined us, and we spent a week in the uh, um, week in the um, motel just outside, next to the pub up here, um, the Glenmore Palms Motel. We had a week there, and um, <clears throat> the last afternoon, he said to me, he said, "Well." Certainly I've got you up here for a week, I better offer you a job and see what you can do. So he doubled the salary I was getting down in Melbourne 
And uh, he said, and you'll get your commission on top of that. And I said, right, where do I sign? <laughs> really? So it was how easy it got was. Got your hook It was. There was nothing to it. Even and of course, Heather he wouldn't have complained about that. No, he had sent, sent us over the island for a few days too. So we had a yes, few days in the island. Great Keppel would have been it was at, at really, its peak then. It was really rocky in those days. Yeah. It was terrific. They had yeah. the wreck bar going and everything. So, right. yeah. So that was uh, so how was we got up here. 89? 89 I came up here, yeah. So... Since you had not played for Ormond in what we decided, 67, had you had any anything to do with any football clubs? No, or, or you hadn't nothing even, at all. Had hadn't had the urge to play or get involved? Oh, mainly because I worked six days a week. Yep. You couldn't. You just didn't have the time. Went along to your beloved... No, you would have went I'd, to your beloved Collingwood much because it was only Saturday well, football those days. Said, it was, um, the, the one thing I did do was put my name down for membership at VFL, VFL Park in Waverley, which was three minutes away from where I live and um, unfortunately that didn't come through until I think two months before I came up here to Brisbane <laughs> so I kept it but I did actually work at VFL Park on an after you know an afternoon sometimes because in those days you know there wasn't a lot of money around and we were on a young we had a young family three kids and um, so I, I used to work as a parking attendant, you know, do the parking at the at VFL Park, and then you'd go in and watch the rest of the footy. So that, I did get to see a little bit of the league footy after that, but that Were was you about it. A member of Collingwood then, those days? Never been a member of Collingwood. Oh, you're not? I have never, is that, ever been a member of Collingwood. Is that because you drink wine out of a bottle instead probably. of a cast, Probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't think they even have wine drinkers at Collingwood. I mean... I don't think you'd be allowed. Oh, no. You'd have to say, oh, no, I just drink VBs. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it gets through the, the <laughs> gap in the right. front, too. Yeah. That's all. I assume then you saw some more elite football up here in Rockhampton with, it would have been Wandel. Well, to be quite honest with you, Ben, when I first came up here, I, a, a mate of mine from Melbourne who had also done the same thing, he came up here, Brian, Brian Millage. When I was coming up, or when he knew I was coming up, because he worked with David also, and he said to me, he said, you've got to come up there's a player playing up here, he gets a ball in the centre of the ground and he kicks with his drop kick through the goals. And I said, oh, you're joking, you know, like a normal footy ground, because as you know, our footy ground's the same size as the MCG. And um, he said, no, no, he said, there's, he's just remarkable, you've got to come and see. So I think the first weekend, or when footy started, yeah, because I came up here in, I think it was April I came up, uh, footy was being played. Anyhow, he dragged, dragged me along to see Lindsay Forms play uh, play at Glenmore. So that was the, my first occasion of you know being associated with the Glenmore Footy Club. But not that I, you know, anything was done about that stage. It was only about um, oh, two months later. I was another bloke who came up here, Jimmy Murray, who um, came up at exactly the same time and started. He was from Frankston, also where I worked. He and I both started uh, Glen, uh, um, Tropical the same day. He said, before you go home tonight, this is about three months after I started, he said, before you go home tonight, you've got to come, I want you in my office. And I thought, oh, geez, this is terrific. Sounds like I'm getting the bloody boot. I've only just arrived and I'm going to get kicked out. Anyhow, I got into his office and there's all these six or seven people sitting around, around his table. I thought, what's going on here? And, I thought, what? and he said, I just wanted to introduce you to your new committee members. And I said, what are you talking about, Jim? Because uh, he was the, the, the uh, sales manager at the time. He said, I'm playing football for the Glenmore Bulls Footy Club, or they were wonderful at the time, sorry. 
the Wandle Football Club and he said, this is the committee and uh, we need more committee members, so I've nominated you. And I said, terrific. I have had nothing to do with football for, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years, basically, since I stopped playing footy. And that was my first introduction to Bernie Gottke and all the rest of the boys, and uh, that's where it started. That's it, and it was Didn't a long... Didn't even have a word in. Mm, it was a long relationship, though. It, la- it was oh, long-lasting. 20, 25 years. We, uh, 89 or... Yeah, 89, I first sort of got involved at the end of the 89 season, but 1990 was the, the first sort of really got involved. Mm. Which Jim and Murray was a president that yeah, year, Yeah, well, Jim I think. Murray, that was yep. what got me into it, actually. I wouldn't have worried about it otherwise because mm. I, you know, I had to buy a house up here. I didn't have anything. My family was still down in Melbourne, so I had to sort of sort that all out. Yeah. But anyhow, we uh, we got by. And I think Bernie Gottke saw a lot in you, though. He anointed you almost as his next <laughs> well, president, did. I feel. He dropped, dropped, dropped me in as vice president the first season, or the first uh, AGM. And then... Uh, the beginning of the season, the next season, he fell off the roof, off uh, right, Helen's broke roof, both his broke his wrist. his wrist and he damaged his knees. Mm. So he was uh, laid up for basically all of that season. So I was sort of thrust thrust into the spotlight, I suppose you could call it. You did enjoy it though, Graeme. I, I think oh, you, you oh, took a lot times. of ownership of oh, it. Yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a silly bugger like that. Oh, sorry, but uh, I'm a silly bloke like that. I... If I want to do something, I don't like delegating too much. I'm more a bit of a doer, and uh, and I suppose that's my own fault there. I should have just sort of sat back a little bit and said, well, look, there's jobs for this, 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 and this. I was not like Jono. Jono used to be a terrific organiser, but I'm not that sort of person. And uh, look, I enjoy it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But I was was probably getting to the end. It was time for me to go. I was getting a little bit... my My old ideas were not what the new younger people were looking forward to so hmm. it was good to get uh, get Ma- out of many that. years though as treasurer many well, years 20... as um president as well well president was only i think about three years um but i was treasurer for 15 or 19 odd years i think so your name's plastered all over <laughs> the big big wandle yeah. in the um board the, in the, the board yeah on the, the wall yeah, it's, yeah consecutive there and I think treasurer and the yeah. president a couple of years yeah. too. Yeah, I only had a couple of years of president. And was Heather the treasurer those years? Um, was, was no, that what a, we had a persuado treasurer. What happened, we were having a bit of trouble in those early days where the uh, uh, we were having trouble football wise and uh, you know getting players because we'd lost that uh, the good years where we'd won those premierships we sort of had a bit of a downtime after that. We had trouble getting coaches um, we had trouble getting players, um, so it was a bit of a, a you know a downturn. And, and uh, Joan uh, was still uh, Joan Dunnett was still doing the canteen. Heather used to hop in and help her out, and then of course Joan sort of retired, and um, so Heather sort of hopped in and. and I think Heather worked for seventeen years, fifteen or seventeen well, years in the canteen. As I said in the introduction, I think. Heather's a life member, yeah, you're a life, a life member. member. Yeah. Um, you both got Stan's name yeah, after you there. Yeah. The Best and Fairest trophy yep. is named after you. Um, I think the league Best and Fairest is named after The reserve Bernie. grade. Ber- Bernie's yeah. got the A grade trophy yep. and I've got the reserve and grade And you've got trophy. the reserve, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you did a lot. Um, it's good that a lot of it's been recognised. Like. Well, I, look, I, I think you, you get a lot of enjoyment out of just 
being able to, um, you see the kids grow up, like in our age group, like Led, when your boys were young and, and, and Redder's boys were young and you could see them all as they came through the juniors and that, that was when we got to winning the premiership, what, 2014? They were all our juniors. There was 17 or 18 players that had come through the junior ranks. You yeah. would have seen all of the pain boys from... Yeah, when Murray and Helen came up with the Payne boys, yeah, they yeah. grew they grew through the uh, through the uh, ranks. I was say they were all involved in that 2014 grand yeah, final. Yep, and as I said, that was when you look back on what that team was consisted of, because the years when we've been winning grand finals, a lot of those players had all been imports from down south, and they'd come up, they'd say to their mate, "Oh, look, if you're going up, make sure you go to Wandle. because at that time we were at Glenmore. And all the players used to go over to Wandle where brothers were, and brothers, oh yeah, we're the Wandle Football Club, and they used to sign them up, playing the ass. I think the whole league was really based on imports, wasn't it? When I oh, first got here, I think like it there was, was a lot of Victorians yeah. up here playing Australian rules football. But it's really good to see now. You know, you look you look at it now. A lot more of the the local boys are now playing, and that's because of what's been actually built up. Yes, it, ha- it has, uh, except for Yapoon, who seemed to have a lot oh, yeah. of interstate <laughs> players and we can't beat him oh, on we'll, a record we'll get streak that. and all that. Long. It'll come to an end. We'll get him. Well, actually, Graeme, we've filled this up pretty quickly already. <laughs> yeah, um, I'd have liked to have got more into the um, your time at Wandle and um, Glenmore. Like, what would be your highlight? So, Lindsay Fawns. Absolute well, gun, let's be honest. I, I mean, a man, as far as I know, represented three states. I think yep. someone said he represented WA, ACT and Tasmania. Oh, sorry, it might be Queensland, yeah. ACT and Tasmania. Yeah. So an absolute gun. Other footballers that you... Look, I, I always had a, a lot of time for Ian Diffie. Yeah, uh, Diff was that. just a... <laughs> the good thing I liked about Diff was he was a local policeman in town. And Saturday night, the boys would have a win or they'd go out in the town and, and um, have a few drinks and get a bit merry and sing that rotten song that we used to sing until we were banned. Uh, but the boys, have they got, ever got into trouble? And this is not only the Glenmore or the Wandle or Glenmore boys, but this, this was also the Panthers and the, and the Brothers boys in town. They ever got into a bit of strife and Diff was around, he'd usually just throw them into the cop car and, and take them home. It was just... A terrific bloke. He was, yeah. And you'd probably remember some of those things, yeah. did you? Or yeah. not remember some of them. Well, yeah. We won't go into that too much. He did save me a motorcycle licence at one stage. And I remember too, that. Actually, yeah. but no, I remember no, good just bloke, you yeah. one day. We were at the footy club and all we could hear was this motorcycle from down, I reckon, from Scott Street through the intersection and then straight down and I pulled up out the front and there was a siren. Mm. And we thought, hmm. I yes. think he might have got caught. And who was yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Ledge. Yeah, that's when D- Diffie came to the rescue there. Actually. I promised him I'd sell the bike, so I just took it home and took it apart and hit bits around the shed, actually. So anyway. But he was yeah. a terrific bloke. He was, yeah. Well, still is, sorry. You still are. Yeah, no. You still are. But yeah, like, there's been a lot of... I, I suppose our problem was we never had enough good football. Like, even in those days when we were near the bottom, we had as good a half dozen players as anyone else. It was just that we lacked the depth, like Look, Andy some... Thornbridge, Murray Payne, who was at the end of his career well, right. yeah. and was an absolute gun up here. Like, well, see, when I just going back a little bit, um, Muzzer, um, uh, when I worked in Frankston, we had a double-decker bus, 
every Sunday we Frankston played football because we were one of the main sponsors. We'd take the double-decker bus, and that was my job because I was sort of looking after the clients. And we'd have a free drinks, and oh, we used to bring those great big German um, uh, sausages that you the know you'd cook like yeah, and they were bloody big ones, you know, not the not little things, but yeah. great big things. We'd boil them up. And the, 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 the double-decker was open at the top, it had a, a lift-up roof, and we used to take all our clients there to see the footy on a, on a Sunday. We'd park it right against the fence, and we'd be there. I'd organise, well, I wasn't the driver of the bus, but with the bus driver, and I'd organise, make sure the food would, you know, buy the food on Saturday so it was right for Sunday, make sure the fridges were stocked with plenty of grog, and uh, we used to have a terrific time. I, I knew Murray from you know from that time. I saw Murray play in those days. When, I didn't realise that when he was, he was with Frankston, Frankston and Jeff yeah. Saru was it? Jeff Saru yeah. and um, oh the big ruckman. I was there the day that <laughs> Jeff Saru said to them all, "We're playing Port Melbourne today." It was a bloodbath. The ball, the, the umpire went and grabbed the ball to bounce it. He had it in the air, and by the time you looked around, there were three blokes on the ground there. There was two blokes over here. It was just that's Mayhem. they were just told to go in and just belt them, yeah. and that was what they did. Yeah. So I think there were six or seven of them all set off, <laughs> Look, all in mass. It's been very entertaining, Graham, for a man that didn't think you'd have much to say. I think we've um, got our longest episode. Yeah, might need part two. I think we will have to do a part two at some stage. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure, Graham. Geez, I, um, I left a lot out too. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm thinking. There's so much more we can um, talk about, and we will have to get you back again. Well, I was going to say, just to give you a bit of an insight. Uh, I know we finished this, but. Um, I played when I was playing under 19s. I forgot to say this because I represented uh, Victorian amateur. Oh, I did football think that. Clubs. I thought at some stage you represented. We had a the white amateurs. jumper with a blue V. With the blue, and we played against the, uh, so the AFL under 19s. Yeah, which is the opposite to the big V, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Well, they were yeah. the the dark the blue jumper yep, with the, the white V, yeah. Yeah. and we were the exact opposite for the amateurs. Yeah. And um, I played with Ross Smith who was yes. a Brownlow medalist. Yeah. He played for Hampton Rovers. Yeah. Dave Parkin, who played yeah. for Melbourne High School. Rod Olsen, who was Hawthorne. Um, Jimmy Fawcett, who played with Fitzroy. You probably may not know no, him I as well. Know that, no. um, oh, a, oh. Some of the blokes I played with, honestly, went on and played really good AFL football. They were very, very good football. We got thumped that day like well. Yeah, I, I ran into a bloke. I was playing on the wing, and I ran into a bloke by the name of Terry Mountain, who played for Melbourne under 19s, and he was built like a bloody brick shit out. Oh no, we're out of that, aren't we? <laughs> he was just—he was a big boy, and I'm coming down the wing. I got the ball in front of me, and I went to pick it up, and the next thing, all I saw was this massive bloke in front of me. I hit him, and I reckon I finished six feet that way yeah. behind him. Yeah, <laughs> I just bounced off him. Oh, no. they killed us. I mean, you would have. You were playing at a very high standard oh, we of footy. Like the amateurs were. Like amateurs I remember reading that Dave McNamara, who was a St Kilda legend, yep. he'd had to stand out of footy for ten years. That's the only reason he was allowed to get involved yep. at Ormond. I think he was their original coach, or after their first yeah. year, or something like that. Well, we've had like Clyde Laidlaw was. Uh, he was Melbourne. He played. Yep. He was coach. Laurie and Kevin Miffin both played for, as I said before, for for Ormond, yep. and then went on to play. Football for Melbourne. Um, 
Um, Dick Fenton Smith played football for Melbourne. Um, Cole Wilson played football for Melbourne. It was in those days you had a, you know, Melbourne was zoned, our yeah, zone. Yeah, zone. Yeah, we were north. That was Melbourne, our, yeah. our zone. So um, you know, we automatically all just went to Melbourne if there was anyone. And Brian Walsh, like Brian Walsh, back pocket for St Gilda mm. was a phenomenal footballer. No, look, we will have to revisit your game, but we're going to, have, like I say, we invite a celebrity on. They've got 28 days to get back to us. Oh, except for Joe Rogan, he's got a stand-in invitation. Lifetime, lifetime invitation. Got back to us. He's one of the only three accounts we follow on Instagram. Yeah, well, Joe, get on to us, please. But I think it's settled. We're unanimous. Well, Kylie Minogue, can you tell us what car <laughs> you sold, Kylie and Joe? Yeah. Who was it? Did you sell it to both of them? So? Yeah, well, they both bought it because they were together at the time. They were about 16, and 17. Could they drive? Yeah, oh, yeah. No, they were, oh, no, they, they probably have to have been a little bit... Oh, no, that, that's right, because I was, I was a bit older at that yeah. stage. But, no, no, she was... Um, they both came in, and, as I said, they were both neighbours at those days. They yes. certainly weren't... Uh, with the celebrities they are today, but uh, yeah, that that was one of and my you sold them? a Range Rover, a Range Rover, top, top of the Range Road, Range Rover. Right, Kylie. What year do you think this was? I reckon yeah. that was. Um, well, hang on. Seventy something. What's it? It's thirty-seven years. When I come up here in eighty-nine, that would have been in either late seventy or early. No, it would have been the early eighties. Early 80s. I'll, I'll take that to Kylie. I'll message her from the, <laughs> from the fresh from the SE account. I'll say, do you remember buying a Range Rover in the early 80s? Her and Jason mm. from yeah. Stuart Webster um, Prestige Cars in Frankston. So, Kylie, please get back to us. We'd love to have you on the show. And we will make sure that, Graeme, you'll have to make a cameo appearance, oh, God, I think, yeah. for that definitely, episode, yeah. won't we? And yeah. I think definitely a, a second episode at some point as well. Oh, definitely, Graeme. No, I think just shows uh, you didn't think you had much to talk about. I think you've got a heap to talk oh. about. Um, we, we've merely scratched the surface, I think. You know, um, it's been well, Hang on. <laughs> the surface? Yeah, no, oh, it's God. been... Oh, look, we haven't even done one mystery bus tour yet. <laughs> um, but no, there's so much more. But um, yeah. it's been a pleasure, Graham. It's been a pleasure being involved with you over this oh, time at right. the um, footy club. I think we spent a lot of... A bit like Red, I, I suppose I don't spend much time with anyone these days, but... I think for the first, gee, 10, 15 years, every Friday night down well, the Ascot, uh, <laughs> well, junior, juniors on Sunday, I think we used to coach. And well, you remember the days, that, well, I remember the days I used to <coughs> borrow the bus from the yes. Tropical Auto Group to cut, take the kids down to, hmm. you know, on a Sunday, which I, I was really getting frustrated because, you know, you'd spend all day Saturday at the football with the senior because we're playing senior well, Saturday best thing Saturday junior footy. <laughs> oh, Sunday, you'd be up bloody uh, 6 o'clock in the morning or 5 o'clock uh, in the morning and get the kids on the bus so you could go to Gladstone or to bloody, you know, Boyne Island. Oh, and it was a full day. I remember, was it you that I had the bus one day and you broke down at, um, was it you? It could have been. Someone, I was <laughs> coming back from a junior. Uh, we were coming back from the oh, juniors. Oh, pulled up on the motorbike. No, 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 no. I used no. to be down there with Graham Coach. And yeah, I know. Used to coach about three grades, I oh, think, each or something. Was everyone jumped yeah. in and, you know, helped out? It was amazing. Mm. Yeah. All right, once All again, right. we're going to have to wrap it up at that. This is our longest episode. Oh, so God. we will get Graham back at some stage. Yeah. Um, thank you very much, Graham. It has been a pleasure having you on. Um, thank you I for I think you'll come over very um, good, actually. I think he'll, oh, definitely, your yeah. personality's coming through there very good. 
Um, we probably might try and do one with the love of your life, Heather, as well. You you two together, if Heather's fell Maybe up that to it at some stage. Good <laughs> no, because, I mean, I'm sure we need to hear some of the, the bad bits of grace as well. Say, that know. might not be too good. I mean, she's been your dance partner for all oh, those years God. as well. Yeah. All right, Ben, thank you very much for making the road trip with us um, for this and yeah, making no. it possible. Happily. right we we're, we're going to wrap it up. That's well episode four in the bin. Thank all you. Right. Thanks, fellas. Thank you.